Hi, this is Coach Pete, and if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial Safari. Broadcasting from coast to coast, it's the Financial Safari with your host, Coach Pete Deruda. Coach Pete and his guests are some of the nation's top financial professionals. They make it their mission to guide investors through the treacherous jungle of the financial world, showing them how to grow, keep, and leave their money for their loved ones. Coach Pete is a frequent contributor to Fox Business Network, CNBC, The Wall Street Journal, and many other news outlets. They come to Coach Pete for their answers, and now so can you. So stick around and find out how to make it through the jungle of the financial world on The Financial Safari. Well, folks, this is the time of the show where we go out across the world and we find someone who's making a difference in the world. And today is no exception. Matter of fact, we've got a repeat visitor. Every time he comes on, we have so many requests to have him on again. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to have him on again. His name is Mr. Jim Stovall, and uh, he's enjoyed success as an author, athlete, investment broker, and entrepreneur while dealing with the challenge of blindness. During his remarkable life, Jim has been a national champion weightlifter, Olympic weightlifter, as well as the author of more than 30 books. In addition to his personal achievements, Jim was honored at the 2000 year 2000 International Humanitarian of the Year, joining Jimmy Carter, Nancy Reagan, and Mother Teresa as a recipient of this prestigious award. And so Jim writes a lot of books, and we, we love having him on. And, well, let's, without further ado, welcome in, Jim. Hey, it is always good to be back with you. <laughs> now, this book we're talking about today, we can talk about anything you want, too, by the way, but the book that, that you sent me a, a couple weeks ago is called Passport to Success, and you wrote this with a guy named Dr. Greg Reed. Now, tell us what inspired you to write this book. Well, Greg has always been wanting to do something together, and, uh, you know, I kind of came up with the idea for what's going to happen to the characters in this, and his team... Uh, did a lot of the details and descriptions, so it, it was fun. I've never really collaborated on fiction before. Uh, you know, it's always kind of a one-man band, but uh, this was fun because this is a story about a guy that wakes up one morning and loses the love of his life, his home, and his job all in one day. Guy's having a bad day. That's a bad day. And, and he decides... Uh, uh, that he is going to travel around the world because he's received this diagnosis that uh, he may end up losing his sight in a year, and it's uh, you know, and he wants to see the world while he can because he may not be able to in the future. So he travels around the world trying to uh, find some uh, wisdom and keys to success and answers to all of his problems, and uh, he finds that no matter where he goes, he takes his problems with him. And uh, but the fun thing about working with Greg and his his team was uh, I write very good dialogue, very good uh, plot, and those are my things. That's why uh, I think eight of my books have been turned into movies now. I think it's uh, wow. what I do well. But you know the descriptions, the settings, all the things not my strongest thing. And uh, but Greg and his team brought all that in. So when we go to the Himalayas, when we go to the Dominican Republic, when we go to Europe and go up and down the Rhine River, you know, I think readers will get really get a feel for that in a way. It's almost like a travel log and a personal development book all in one. Now, this is fiction. It is indeed. But it sounds a little bit non-fictionist, doesn't it? Uh, you know, Shakespeare may have said it best. There's only seven stories in the whole world. 
and people just keep telling them different <laughs> ways. And then I always tell writers, if you if you want to do something that really matters, write what you know. Yeah. And uh, so uh, me putting a blind guy in there or a guy that's facing that uh, as a possibility in his life, uh, uh, you know, really fit. And uh, and it's, it's just been a fun collaboration, and uh, the initial responses have been really good. Well, the parallels, I mean, when you, you weren't born blind, like when people see blind people, they, they don't know how the people became blind. Some people are born blind, other people it happens during life, and that happened to you, correct? Yeah, I was, uh, I, I went through my whole childhood and, and to young adulthood. Uh, you know, my only goal in life was to be an All-American football player and go into the NFL. And during a routine physical to go play another season of football, I was diagnosed with a condition that would cause me to lose my sight. And little quick research told me uh, there's not any blind guys in the NFL. <laughs> if, you, if you've been watching any of these preseason games, you might question a little of that. I don't know. Besides the but, refs, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I got to finish my athletic career in my 20s as a, as a weightlifter, and it's something I could do even as my sight was diminishing. And then at age 29, I did in, indeed lose the rest of my sight, and uh, and that's been 35 years ago. So I've been totally blind for 35 years. Wow, you've really embraced it, though, and you've done some fantastic things since then, haven't you? Well, I've been blessed, you know, and I don't think my problems are any more than yours or anybody listening to us, whether it's me being blind or someone else going through a divorce or loss of a job or a bankruptcy or illness of a child or whatever it is. You know, we're all only as big as the smallest thing it takes to divert us from where we want to be. So, uh, you know, I go days at a time and don't even think about the fact I'm blind. I've kind of created a world and a team around me, and I, I go do what I want to do all day, every day, and I feel like I'm the luckiest guy around. I honestly don't know anybody I would trade places with. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. I mean, you, you, I mean, you've done a fantastic job. I mean, think about it. Well, you, we're humans, and we are by nature. We, we always stumble, but we, the, the good ones of us get back up. And we yeah. learn from we learn what made us stumble. We try to we try to have fun with every day, and we try to make sure to embrace life because the alternative is not is not too good. Absolutely, I mean, uh, you know, you got to play the hand you're dealt. And uh, and I am a huge fan of the work of Napoleon Hill, and he said every adversity is endowed with the seed of a greater good. And you know, if you really believe that, and you start looking for the good in everything, and you realize that problems. Are, are not really problems. They are opportunities. Opportunities come to us disguised as problems. And, uh, and if you look beyond the initial pain and frustration of it, you can find some amazing things. Folks, we're talking to best-selling author Jim Stovall. He's also been producer of several movies you may have seen. Jim, what are your two favorite movies that you've made in, in, in your lifetime? Probably The Ultimate Gift, my first one with... Uh, James Garner, Brian Dennehy, and that was a movie trilogy we went on, and, and in the second one added Peter Fonda, and the third one Raquel Welch, and then, and then The Lamp with Louis Gossett Jr. That was one of my favorites. Some big names right there. You know, uh, Rockford Files is what I think about when I think about Jim uh, James Garner. I mean, he was Rockford. And, and yeah, a lot of our I, younger guys won't, won't even know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> Thomas doesn't right, know. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, uh, no, he was, and, uh, you know, really, really an amazing uh, – amazing guy and uh, uh he actually made his very last movie with us and i was really grateful to him and uh, just a tremendous human being 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, and Lewis Gossett Jr., I mean, really, Thomas, do you know that name? No, Thomas says no. No, no. <laughs> Jim, we're getting old when when, well, when people in their 30s don't remember who we're talking about. <laughs> well, you know, he's an Academy Award winner, so uh, you, you need to go look up Officer and a Gentleman, and you'll uh, have an amazing experience with uh, Mr. Gossett. Now, Thomas, have you heard that, uh, that, I, title, that I title? I certainly have heard that title, yes. Well, you know, Jim, we are all creatures of habits, and, and not just humans. When, when we look, I had three miniature Dotsons back in the day, the little hot dog dogs, and and in our backyard, there was a path. Now, we had a big backyard, but there was a path. And it might not have been the best path, but it was a path that the first dog that I had, Penny, made. And so when we, get, we added Chelsea, which was the dog under Penny, and then Allie, they all followed Penny's path. And so it get worn down. You could never grow grass there. And then when it snowed, we didn't get much snow in North Carolina, but when we did, they would make a path in the snow. And guess where the path was? Same place. The exact same place. It was crazy like that. So in, in, and as humans, we all fall into these patterns too, some good and some bad. What advice would you give to someone to, uh, if they're trying to break a bad pattern or a bad habit? Well, the worst statement you can make about anything is, this is the way we've always done it. I'm reminded of this young girl, and she was getting married, and she was asking her mother, how do you bake a ham? I want to bake a ham for my uh, new husband. And she said, well, first you cut the end off the ham, and then you put it in the pan and put it in the oven. She said, why do you cut the end off the ham? I don't know. My, that's what my mother told me. So they called her mom and said, why did you cut that? She said, I don't know. It's what grandma told me. So they get great-grandma over at the home and say, why would you cut the end off the ham? And she said, my pan was too small. I don't know why you guys do it. <laughs> and, you know, and the reality is, you know, sometimes we just do stuff because that's what we've always <laughs> done. And, uh, you know, every once in a while it's amazing to to just stop and look around and get a new perspective. And, you know, I do a lot of consulting for major corporations here, and oftentimes it's in an industry I know nothing about. And those seem to be the situations where I bring the most value. I'll just tell their people, okay, let's walk around here and tell me what this is and what do you do here. And then I'll, we'll stop and I'll say, why do you do it that way? Why don't you do this instead of that? And many times they have a good answer why they do it that way. But every once in a while they say, I don't know why we do it that way. And, wow, what, what would happen if we did it differently? And, you know, that's what, uh, you know, I, I have a school of entrepreneurship at our, our local university. And one of the things I always tell the kids is the greatest way to succeed, very few people invent something. You know, Thomas Edison invents the light bulb. And, you know, the rest of us, we innovate and we improve. We look at what is this doing and how can we do it better, and that's true in our lives and the, and the things around us. Do you remember the old commercials for BASF? We don't make this, but we make it better, they used to say. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's, that's really what it comes down to is just, you know, making a better mousetrap. So one three-letter word can change your life, and uh, you have to, in order to, to understand this three-letter word, you have to think like a five-year-old, because I remember when my daughter was five years old, I would ask her to do something, and she would launch that three-letter word on me. It would, it would be, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and because Daddy said so didn't work most of the time. She wanted to really know why. And so it, in the financial world, we see this, uh, the parallels tremendously here. People do things, and when you ask them why, Many times I just get a blank stare. They don't really know why. Maybe because their broker told them, but just because your broker's telling you to do something doesn't mean it's the best thing for you many times. No, and I always tell people don't invest in anything you don't understand and don't take advice from anybody that doesn't have what you want. And uh, if you can do those things, you are uh, 
you're way ahead of the crowd. And, uh, you know, I wrote a book called The, the, the Millionaire Map on how to uh, prosper in this life. And, uh, and you know, and I said that, uh, don't take advice from anybody who doesn't have what you want. I came home, I told my wife, we got to do something really difficult right now. And I had Merrill Lynch and Bank of America do an audited financial just on my uh, you know, cash value of my uh, equities and the uh, and stocks and bonds and the things I have there, not not my businesses or royalties or anything, and you know to show that it was uh, it was an eight figure number, and we started with absolutely nothing, and I felt my readers deserved to know that, and we actually printed it in the book with the the Merrill Lynch and Bank of America phone number and called them because uh, you know there's a whole lot of people out there taking advice on how to invest with people that don't have any money and they don't know how to invest. And uh, it's a really scary thing, you know. And, uh, you know, I think you, you don't take advice from anybody that doesn't have what you want and uh, make sure you understand it. If they can't explain it to you in a way you understand it, they're not a good broker. You know, being an advisor is not a matter of taking complex things and just handling them. It's a matter of taking these complex things and making them simple enough so that the average guy can uh, can prosper and succeed with his portfolio. Yeah, that's a really good point there. I mean, it's, there's so many people, especially nowadays with uh, with all the new financial instruments to invest in, like Bitcoin and this cryptocurrencies. Uh, real quick, 30 seconds. What, what's your opinion on the cryptocurrencies these days? I think uh, eventually we will deal with blockchain, and that will be – it is the wave of the future. But uh, which horse to bet on right now and how to get into it, uh, no. I, I don't – I'm not comfortable with it. I know we'll end up there someday. But, uh, you know, if you can best bet on the overall technology, I think there might be something there. But picking winners and losers at this point uh, – could be really expensive. Yeah, it's like going to a horse race and not knowing any of the horses trying to throw money around. It's, and, and unfortunately, that's, uh, that's the old financial world if you don't have yeah. the right plan. Uh, folks, again, the name of the book is The Passport to Success, and his name was Jim Stovall. You can get the book anywhere. Books are sold. Jim, really appreciate your time today. Hey, I look forward to our next occasion. Yes, sir. And that number is 800-661-7383. You can also text the word PLAN to 600-700. This is a great opportunity to reach out, get your own questions answered. Again, that number, 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383, or text that keyword PLAN to 600-700. That's PLAN to 600-700. Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken.